Hi, Jackie. Hi, Rosie. Hi, listeners. And welcome to... <laughs> I was trying to throw you off. We do it the same every time. But the way you did it was like uh, like someone who's like a host of a haunted house. <laughs> like, you know I love Halloween. welcome to... An asshole. Wow. Cool. <laughs> we, this is the second time recording it and we crushed it. <laughs> yeah. We didn't... Well, okay. To be honest with you... I just got back from a bachelorette party in Los Olivos, and boy, am I tired from drinking wine and hanging out with gals and llamas, um, alpacas. And there's a difference, apparently. I don't know how they, look the, they same, look the same, and they look fucking hilarious. Yeah. If you check on my Instagram, oh no, maybe it was on my stories. Anyway, I'm putting it on our Instagram. Good. I there has to be an alpaca on there. They are so they, silly. and they stare at you. <laughs> It's so funny. They all do. And they all have just, because they just got shaved, probably just like, because they make sweaters with their, their hair, fur, whatever, their coat. Anyway. Yeah. And um, so then they just have like a little like tiny tuft of hair. Yes. It's so yes. Cute. They have like a little fro. It's so cute. They're so cute. They're so cute. I was um, also scared of them because they're giant. Yeah. And like unpredictable and wild. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> kind of um, like my sexy. song earlier. Oh, man. It was. Sexy it was. and wild. You didn't say sexy. It was unpredictable. Oh. <laughs> sexy, though, for sure. Well. Um, okay. Well, we wanted to say. Was, oh, and Jackie's wanted, tired because she had, was partied last night or something. I don't yeah, know. I, I did. You know, I did. But I, we did want to say that we have our first internet troll. So that is something. So that means we're famous. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, he blew up our spot uh, with the latest post about feminism, and he is just swinging his dick all around our page. And I tried to be nice and say, hey, bud, come on the show. Let's talk about it. And then he just kind of went a little crazy. So yeah, too bad because I think we should maybe connect and have more conversations about it. Yeah. Would have loved to know what he thinks about the SCOTUS nomination. He and probably doesn't listen, but if you are listening, <laughs> you know who you are. Seriously, come on and talk to us. Like, we're not here to, like, tell you that you're stupid. We just genuinely want to hear what you have to say and talk about it. Yes. Yes. Because even if you have opposing views, I think that we maybe we would have something in common that we could talk yeah, about. Yeah, and we could, like, understand maybe each Where other's one sides. Of each other's coming from. Yeah, but yes. if you just do it on the dang internet, it's hard to know. And text is so hard to understand. But what isn't hard to understand is when he said, I love Trump. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that was pretty clear. That's clear. <laughs> um, um, but... Uh, anyway, I'm, I'm pretty passionate about my political beliefs. So if you are too, and you're stressed out right now, um, especially with the SCOTUS nomination and them trying to overturn Roe v. Wade, um, tr- consider donating to NARAL or Planned Parenthood. There are a lot of great uh, women's rights organizations out there. You could also call your senators and um, just fight the fight. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Um, Reach out on our on our Instagram uh, if you if you want more information. We can pass it along. Yes, yes, yes. And in all, we need more love in this world, which is a great transition <laughs> to our episode. Okay. Am I an asshole for thinking love is a sham? We'll find out now, shan't we? Sure, shan. <laughs> okay. Bye. Right. 
This one might, I think this one's going to be an uproar. I'm going to get a lot of feedback from this. Probably uh, people are going to storm my house. Maybe. I, I, am I an asshole for thinking love is a sham? And this one is coming aggressively from Rosie. Yeah, well, (laughs) and then I I try to find someone who will like agree with me. Mm -hmm. And our our good friend Mary Kelly was like, yeah, ish. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I can talk on that. (laughs) Yeah. So, Mary, hi, Mary. Hello. Thank you for having me. Hey, yes. Thanks for coming. Mary is so cool. Another person we stalked. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. We've been stalking. Um, You are a producer also. Yes. Yes. You work on, okay, it's. The Last Podcast Network. Yes, I'm the West Coast producer for Last Podcast Network. For more great shows, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. I promise that's the last time I'll plug it. I love it. You can plug it. (laughs) Every time. Literally every five minutes. Um, Great. Uh, So yeah, we we just know you through the podcast world and she's great. And um, we still need to go to... uh, What's it called? Six Flags? Uh, no. Something Her- Harry's. Oh, yes. The um, gay bar that does uh, line, dancing. line dancing. Oh, yes. yeah. Is it, is it something uh, Harry's? It's like Sidecar Harry's. Yes. Something, <laughs> something yeah, like yeah. the Tin Can Harry's. Yeah. Is it Tin Can Harry's? Yeah. 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 We need to go to Tin Can Harry's because I want to do line dancing. Yeah. And, yeah. and it's karaoke, right? There's like yeah. an upstairs ca- or something. Something. Yeah. It just seems like a blast. I'm Anyhow. just a fan of any dance that's in the line. That's where I feel comfortable expressing myself right? through dance. And everyone's <laughs> doing the same thing. Exactly. It's very unified. Yeah. And like no one's like, and it's all pretty simple. Or at least you can perfect it by like yeah, the it's like time. It's like this to the right, yeah. that yeah. to the left. I can do that. And sure. also, doesn't it always usually like say the like, well, that's not true. Because some, some dances I know it's like slide to the lip. <laughs> slide. <laughs> so it's like literally tells you what to do. Mm-hmm. Some people still mess it up. It's, I... Some people, me, probably you, <laughs> definitely you. <laughs> well, it depends on how much I've had to drink. Some of those dances are really That's hard fair. when you're counting numbers, or when you're wearing cowboy boots. Yeah, that too. I'm, which I always am. Um. Anyway, so <laughs> she's we, wearing them right now. Um. Okay. So wait, we're yeah. doing. Um. Am I an asshole for thinking love is a sham? Mm-hmm. And why would this make you feel? Well, we'll start with Rosie since this was her strong one. <laughs> Asking you why it makes you an asshole, and then I want to hear what Mary has to say. Okay. Well, can we talk about what the definition of love is? Okay, because it's yes. the two different things, right? So there, I looked it up. The noun is an intense feeling of deep affection, and I know Jackie likes these sentences Thank examples. You. But babies fill parents with intense feelings of love. Okay, mm-hmm. and then the verb is uh, feel a deep romantic or sexual attachment to someone. "Quote unquote." Do you love me? Okay, so I, I guess, okay, I just would say that I don't believe, I, it's not like I don't believe in love. I mean, I guess I don't, I just have never really experienced like romantic love, like super intense, like I want to marry someone romantic love. So I'm just like, to me, I feel like an asshole because it seems like a really great thing that people are, you know, doing with each other. (laughs) And I'm just sitting here being really skeptical or thinking that it's like something that you do because for selfish reasons, because like it makes you feel good, but like, is it really something else? Or like, or are they just like um, meeting all your needs or like, are, are you just like basically agreeing with someone else that they're going to make you feel good about yourself and you're going to make them feel good about themselves. But is it really love? Like, what is it? Like they're doing all the things that like, I don't know. Like you, they make you feel good for whatever, like whatever, whatever the needs you have. Like if it's like, I want someone to tell me I'm pretty every day or whatever. Like they just, that's what that person is there for. That's the only reason. And sex. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what so like, tell I me mean, I'm pretty and bone me. 
I mean, or like, tell me I'm great and bone me or like yeah. be helpful in my life and bone me. And so kind I of know. like a convenience factor as well. Not, con- it's definitely not convenient. Oh. I don't, I mean, well, I guess it'd be convenient once you like, okay, yes, yes, yes. Like you're like, okay, now we're just like set. And right. But is it like, is that what love is? Or is there like, so just, are there just a lot of layers to it that this is what equals love? Like all these different things equals love. Like make me feel like I have sex with me. <laughs> you know, right, like right, things. right. Anyway. Okay. You guys, I'm, I'm, I'm concerned. No. <laughs> the way you're looking no, at no, me. No. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I have things to think about. Yeah. Yeah. Great. yeah. Mary? I mean, um, I would say when uh, you uh, suggested this topic, it really resonated with me because I don't, I do believe in love in the sense that I have many people in my life that I love very dearly. And I have lots of friends who are in beautiful relationships that uh, they clearly love each other a lot. Um, My personal opinion, though, is that it seems that love is sold to us as by Hollywood, by Disney, where you're going Mm. to meet someone and then right off the bat, it's going to be easy and then you're going to have kids. And then the sex is always going to be as good as it was in the beginning. you're always going to get along and then you're going to grow old and hold hands on the beach, you know, Richard Gere style until <laughs> you're 80. And um, I personally don't Richard believe Gere. that. I think that, um, I mean, um, I read a great book called Sex at Dawn, which I recommend to everyone. Mm-hmm. It's kind of about how specifically sexual monogamy is not something that's really uh, been present in the majority of evo- uh, human evolution. And mm-hmm. also just seeing like, you know, I grew up in the 90s, which was a time period where the majority of the, like majority of American families went through a divorce. A lot yeah. of my friends have gone through divorces. So I think that love is possible to achieve. But this idea of like, you're going to get married once and you're going to find love and you'll always bone as good as you did the first day. <laughs> and you're always going to get along with each other and it's going to be great until your dying day. I don't think that that's really sustainable. Mm-mm. And so I think love in that sense is a sham. Mm. And just for everyone out there, Jackie and Jen are both married <laughs> and probably in love. I think you both in love. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I mean, I, I definitely have my opinions on it too. Like, I don't know. Sometimes I don't know if there's, I don't know what the difference is between love and infatuation. Like mm-hmm. I remember, um, of course I'm in love with Nick. I love Nick. Mm-hmm. Um, I also remember when I was like 21 falling head over heels with someone and it felt like a lot more like now that I'm older and I look back on it, it felt like a lot more infatuation. Mm-hmm. Like I was obsessed with them and it was almost like kind of unhealthily. So, yeah. and I feel like we were almost kind of like obsessed with each other and nothing else mattered. Yeah. See, mm-hmm. that's why I'm like, cause you didn't know it, that you were like, this is love. Right. But then you're like, what's it obsession? Right, exactly. Like, is, is, is it my mind kind of playing a trick on me? Am I, like, unhappy in other elements of my life, which I was, like, in New York and young and just moved there and was mm-hmm. stressed out all the time? So am I just, like, do I just need something steady to, like, focus on and be, you know, obsessed right. with? So I, I don't know. I mean, clearly it's a complicated subject, which is why I think it's a good one to have on because there are, like, millions of songs written about it and, like, movies and everything is, you know, about heartbreak or love yeah. or sex or whatever. Because so. it seems like it's so important. Yeah. So, like, when you don't have it, it, like, you're, I mean, everything tells us around that we should be looking for it, that, like, you're missing something if you don't have it. But at the same time, like, there, I know that there is love, like, from other places, like, I, you know, and, like, I, when Jen comes on, I was like, what is the difference between, like, the love you have for your parents or your dog or your lover? Mm-hmm. Like, what... I don't know. I guess because the term love is so like multifaceted, it seems it's confusing to me. Well, 
I can speak for myself. Love for my dog is different than anything, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anything yeah. in the world. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, and that's the thing too. I, I mean, I'm assuming that we're talking about being in love romantically more than like you thinking that loving like your parents or friends is kind of a sham. Right. Like right. you like oh, know yeah. you love them and care yeah. for them. And right. It, we're kind of all yes, on the same yeah. page I mean, we're talking about. Romantic. I think it's yes, also but... formed by, um, I mean, I've, I've dated people that I still to this day love very dearly, but in a practical sense, I could never live with, I could never grow a life around, you know, some of those people still live in my hometown, you know, and that wasn't the life I wanted for myself. And mm-hmm. I think that that's another thing about love too, is when you think about the practicality of life versus emotions, mm-hmm. there is kind of, I think that that's a real breaking point in the idea of love, you know? Yeah. And then that makes me think like, okay, it's just an emotion like that you're feeling like, and how does it stay consistent? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I mean, this is coming from someone who like hasn't really experienced it at a long period of time. Right. So like, I think that that there's a fear there of like, well, what if it just disappears one day? Like, do you have to like, obviously you don't, I know this, but I'm just going to say it like actively be like, I love today. You know, like, I, I don't think that's bad to say. I think that you do. I mean, personally being in a relationship, I think you do go through those ups and downs. And I think that like that traditional, like love that like butterflies in the stomach type of thing in the beginning does fade Mm, and it becomes, it, it, you know, it becomes something that it's something deeper in a way, but it's also, I think you do have to remind yourself that you are sharing a life. If if, if you're in a monogamous, more traditional relationship, you're sharing a life with that person. And like, you have to constantly keep them in mind and do what's best for both of you. So in that way, you kind of are constantly like, remember we're, we're a team. I'm in love or, you know, I don't know. And then does that turn into like companionship Mm -hmm. love versus like, Okay. And then, so butterflies, that makes like, we associate that with like being lover. Like I felt that, but like, what if it just means you're nervous or scared? Like, but does that really mean love? But we associate love with feeling butterflies. And also there's something about the traditional uh, feelings ascribed to love, which are really just the feelings of being sexually attracted to someone new. You right. know, yeah. like if you're with someone for a while, then you don't really get butterflies anymore. And that's okay because then a long-term relationship ideally is more. And if you go for further past marriage, you know, a long-term uh, relationship is ideally about raising children and making these big life plans and being on the same team. And I think that can be sustainable, but I think that, uh, when a lot of the language behind love is about specifically the feelings you feel when it's infatuation, mm-hmm. you know, the song, the feelings they sing about in songs are not like we just got a mortgage on the house. <laughs> right. You know, that's not <laughs> the that's spirit behind it. The spirit behind it is like, we want to fuck, you know? And I think that, <laughs> yeah. I, but I, it's true, but yeah. I think that people really combine sexual attraction and love in a way where yes. I think that human beings are not built to always have the same sort. I think that a lot of people get to get married because they have intense sexual attraction, but yep. no long-term compatibility and they get divorced because their sexual attraction goes away and then you don't have the same life plans. Yes. Yeah. I, I think that's pretty accurate. And and that's kind of why they say, I don't know who they is, but <laughs> nowadays we wait longer to get married yeah. and stuff. And I think it's because you learn that as you get older. I I was at a bachelorette party this weekend, which is fitting because uh, we're celebrating love. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we were talking about like divorcing. Now people are getting divorced 
more quickly. Like I feel mm-hmm. like I've, I know quite a few people who have gotten married and within the year get divorced. Right. And I think that's like a difference too, between like sticking it out, like older generations would stick it out and like, be like, this is what you work on. This is marriage working yeah. on it together and not just being like, Oh, not interested next. Oh, they were referring to, um, what's his name? The guy who what, uh, wrote the book he, and he did, um, about love. He, oh, men are from Mars. Women are from Venus. He got, no, he got <laughs> no. divorced. That guy. Oh, he did. He did. Yeah. No, no oh. I, can't, I can't remember his name. Um, he is the dude that was on parks and rec and Chris then, Pratt. No. Um, Chris. and then, and then he was on Aziz Ansari. Oh, oh my God. I was thinking of my friend's name. <laughs> Aziz Ansari, but Chris Pratt, if he's out listening, probably is, um, you can marry me. That's yeah. Fine. Fan um, of the show. Yeah. Um, but that's what he was saying in his book that like we have too many options. So like you're, you're just like on to the next one. So like you're throwing it away so easily because like, it just doesn't work. I don't know. I don't know. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, that goes with the, also you, you have to be on the same page with it. And I think that's in a way similar to what you were saying where it's like, it's, it's not just you wanting to have sex with them. It has to be more than that. Life building, life building because yeah. But I guess not Not in order to be in love. That's to be in a long-term but like, relationship. Could it I guess just you could be, be... Sorry, go ahead. No, you could be in love for a year and then it falls out. And if neither of you want to continue seeing each other, then I yeah. guess it ends. That's right. true. That's true. Well, okay. And then I'm like, so is it really that you're just sexually attracted to your best friend? That's Are you love. trying to tell me something again? <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're not even hard. They were so hard earlier because like, I'm not even wearing a bra, but they were, and they're not. Sorry, Jackie. <laughs> not. No, but that's how you tell if someone's in love. Yeah, nips yeah, yeah. Are hard. Nips, that's nips love. are hard. That's amore. That's amore. <laughs> sorry, um, but it, it's like <laughs> I'm sorry. I was really hungry, so I'm crunching out of granola bars. So gross, gross in a podcast. <laughs> no. no, 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 no. Gross. Okay, sorry. Listeners and Chris Pratt and um, me and Mary and, and everyone here. Yeah. I apologize. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, that is a thing that fascinates me of like, sometimes you can't, first of all, are you in a relationship? Currently? No, okay. I was one when I left New York. Gotcha. And then you, okay. Currently? No. I think okay. everyone knows that. <laughs> no, I'm just like, um, oh wait, what was I going to say? Damn it. Oh, oh, when people say this fascinates me, like when you, I've said it too, but when other people say, I love you, but I'm not in love with you, or I love you, but I'm, I don't love you that way. I, that's something, I mean, I will ask Jen later, like what, you know, like, what is that? Why? I just wonder why some people just click. It's, it's not always just sexual attraction too, because sometimes Mm -hmm. you can build sexual attraction with someone. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I can't believe I didn't think of that because that's happened to me so much recently. We're like, I just love you so much that I just, I wouldn't want to fuck it up, our friendship, but I love you. And I'm like, what does that, ow. So you basically, you just don't want to put it in me is what I'm hearing, right? Right. But then you hear them say like, no, you're really cute. Yeah, oh, yeah. Or like you have hooked up before. I do think there is a phenomenon with, especially in heterosexual relationships, but I think it's present in all relationships, but specifically for men, where they view dating someone who has a variety of things that they can bring to a relationship as someone that they are postponing on until they are more prepared 
to make the leap into more serious dating or potentially getting married or something like that. Um, That's something I've seen a lot dating too. And I've dated men on both spectrums, like men who are way too invested in like getting settled down and that's what they're looking for. And then you're kind of like, whoa, buddy, like let's get an apartment. But Mm -hmm. first, (laughs) but I do think that that's a really true thing, especially for men in the coastal cities mm-hmm. um, but below the ages of like 35 is that they're kind of like, if you're an attractive woman who they are attracted to, but you also have like your own career and you're doing stuff and you get along well, they're kind of more like, well, I mean, I'm not getting married this year or next year. I don't want to be dating someone that like is going to, it's like my good friend who's also a good friend of yours, Jackie Zabrowski put it as, oh, yeah. you're a woman who's a problem because you're not someone that like they're, there's you're someone they're going to feel bad about ghosting whereas when there's a million strangers they could go on dates with yeah it's it's less risky there's less inherent risk in the investment of time yeah that makes sense because they're not going to be ready so they want to just go for randoms is that what you're saying not even just that it's just that if things go badly with you then they fucked up the friendship right right you know, and not only that, but if you're part of their social circle, then you're going to tell all of your girlfriends and then they right. fucked up their social standing. Right. But if you go yeah. on dates with random people, if you fuck it up, there's a very low risk of any sort of problems with that. Mm. <laughs> I also, feel like I've I'm, just depressed you. This no, this is how I feel all the time <laughs> because I'm like, why well, I, don't, I don't need another fucking friend, dude. Move, move aside. <laughs> okay. Well, I, I'm, I'm curious, like, what the difference is then between loving someone so dearly and if you're attracted to them and then not being in love with them. Maybe we'd bring Jen on. Because I think we are. Yeah. I need to ask her, but I think like what I'm getting at is all of that sounds so logical to me, but like I've, I've never, I feel like if you find someone amazing and awesome, like just cause you're not, and I know you're not like saying you're like supporting that, but like just because right. you're not ready doesn't mean like doesn't mean you can necessarily control when you are going to be ready and then meet an amazing. Oh yeah, person. and it's always yeah. like I'm not ready, and then like four minutes later they meet somebody else, and then you're like, okay, well, that just wasn't me. Then fine. Yeah. So then it's just like, are people just searching? Like once they get to that point where they're ready to settle down, are they just just so much searching for that, and then yeah. it kind of like gets in the way of genuine like love and falling for one another because you're so zeroed in now. Like, okay, now this is the stage in my life where I yeah. look for a real yeah. relationship. Yeah, you know? and yeah. you can sort of sift through people, and you're like, okay, what do I want? What do I want? Right. Like, I think there's such a catalog, especially like in big cities, where you can be like, okay, well, I want her to look like that. So like, she's got mostly everything, but I want her to be a little bit different. So like, I can really just like yeah. go on a thousand dates and like find exactly what you want. But then it's like, is that really even going to work? But also, I, I think, um, and Aziz Ansari brings that up in Modern Love, is that that's kind of a fallacy of thought. I think that a lot of people, both men and women, have about dating in the modern age is because it's so easy to go through a million people, you think, oh, it'll be easy for me just to kind of think like, oh, what is my ideal type? Like my ideal person is going to be X, Y, and Z. When in reality, the type of person you fall in love with is almost never your ideal type. It's just someone that you have that undeniable chemistry with, you know? (sighs) But I think that because it's so easy to just kind of be like, I'm only going to, you know, settle down when I find the perfect person for yeah. me. You kind of poo-poo people that if you actually, like, are actually going to be people that you have a real connection with. Yes. That you could right. yes. have those long-term plans. Right. With. Yes. That's kind of, yeah. Yes. 
uh, yeah, that's kind of what I'm. Oh, I totally, totally. But then I understand the other side because, like, let's say you fall head over heels in love with someone at, you know, 21 or whatever, however old, and you almost like put some of your future on pause for that person that you're in love with. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, time passes and maybe you didn't go to the school, you, you, I don't know, you didn't, or move to the city that you wanted to move. And then it's almost like you had that love, that spark in the beginning, then it also, almost turns into resentment because mm -hmm, right. um, you're both I don't know you didn't you didn't like well I guess that, that would be a case where someone just put the the love over everything else and didn't want to speak for themselves and like say like I love you come with me to this city that I want to go to or whatever well also I think that part of the reason those types of resentments build especially with people who marry young and then find themselves ending those relationships by their you know 30s or 40s is because our culture really has this idea of that love is something that only happens once and you got to hold on to it right. and if it leaves then you're at fault or the other person is at fault but the reality of the situation I think is that for the majority of people love doesn't always last forever and that's not a love winding down shouldn't be quite such a disaster like you know? a failure right yeah. so I think it would be healthier for in like that specific situation if both parties were like we had a love but now the love has left you know hopefully in that situation like uh if you have children you stick together make sure the kids get through school etc cetera, etc cetera. you're both in a financially good place but after that you know, I think that that idea of a failed marriage as being a personal failure or a failure of the other partner is something that really traps people in this thought process that's really negative. But if people saw it as a natural thing for love to come and then love yeah. to end, then people can be like, well, I'm going to go back to school or I'm going to try a new career. Or I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. Last night. Totally. Yeah. I, I also, yeah, I mean that, makes sense. And I just, sometimes I just think that takes a level of like maturity to understand. And when you're super young, you kind of, you're yeah. like, I'm in love. I love this feeling. Yeah. I'm in love with the feeling that yes. I had as yeah. well. And yeah, I want to, I want to be in it for as long as possible. That's kind of what I was saying. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh no, you go ahead. I was, that's what I was sort of saying inarticulately earlier was like, yeah, they, they, someone else like elicits the feelings that make you feel good. And you're kind of addicted to that. Yeah. 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 But also I think that our culture's real focus on monogamy is, teaches people like the lesson that if you have it, if you lose it, it's gone forever. But I think that everyone can speak for the fact that it doesn't leave. You find lots of new people that you can be attracted to and love, mm -hmm. you know? But what is love? Baby, don't hurt me. <laughs> uh, what's love got to do, got to do with it? L's for the way. Okay. Um, um, found love in a hopeless place is my dad's favorite song. We found that out oh last weekend. Wow. He, goes, he goes, well, not favorite song. He just goes, yeah, I like that Rihanna song. What is it? Found love in a hopeless place. Put it on. I was like, and he, he actually said, I love when the beat drops. <laughs> yes. Oh, but if you guys knew my dad, it just doesn't make yeah, sense. Yeah, he's like a classic dad. He's like, like <laughs> just Italian loving and Rihanna. Yeah. Yeah. That's cute. <laughs> Likes it. Like, just really the one he, song, too. He's also very, like, lovey. Like, he's a lover. He's a... Yeah, You didn't you say he's, like, a romantic? Yes. Like, he sends me, like, sweet lyrics. Like, he loves me. But, you know, not that... So he's like... <laughs> not in that way, I hope. <laughs> <laughs> or, let's well, get into it. Jen, he does. <laughs> um, um, and then one more thing I want to... Uh, before we get to Jen... Sorry, I do this, but like, I, I just thought I wanted to say that um, I do think it depends on how you were loved and how you saw love and what that love looked like. Great. Mm. <laughs> well, for me. Well, no, <laughs> I just. I, did. Well, I, I don't think it necessarily has to be from your parents. It could be, you know what I mean? It yeah. could be from, and it, actually, it wouldn't necessarily be because you're not romantic with them, but like how you saw 
them be or what I don't know like even if it was like an ant figure or like right. or whatever like you know I, I do think that people who you know haven't felt love are gonna have a harder time yeah I think that you I think I felt love but my parents weren't like holding hands oh right I agree with you though I think that's also a big problem is that a lot of people grow up in households which are not very loving and so when they enter into a relationship they're simultaneously taking ideas from our culture about what love is supposed to look like yes but then also they're coming from a place of like a lack of self-confidence but also like kind of like idealistic but also like confrontational towards it mm-hmm. you know because mm-hmm. they've only seen confrontational types of love <laughs> like yeah up. this is how you're supposed to just like fucking yeah. yell at your boyfriend or whatever exactly yeah. <laughs> i mean i've seen friends of mine fall into that too and i can't say that i haven't like approached relationships in a manner that was more about like my own ego than it was about like the relationship i think that that's the phase that most people go through but mm-hmm. i think that especially with our culture and things like projecting positivity through Instagram and projecting like, oh, I'm so great on social media. Right. People really bring ego towards relationships when it should really be about like a coordinated yeah. effort. Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. I mean, that's like... I. I kind of sometimes in the back of my mind, however m- much someone posts about them and their relationship, I'm, I, I kind of feel like it's that much it's that toxic or like that bad. Yeah. Because I'm not saying like a post here or there, but it just, sometimes it's like at nauseum and I'm like, what's really going on? Yeah. Mm. Um, but we talked about that a lot in our <laughs> social media <laughs> episode. But yeah, I mean, we definitely, I think it's the false idea of what it's supposed to look like. Um, I'm trying to look I think at my should, notes. I think we should bring I Jen think, on. I think, Are you I not think, ready for her? No, no, no. I think I covered the, all, all I really can. <laughs> I found a couple articles. I saw those. I, those. I just used monogamy and, think we all got out our opinions. I, I do wish I had a harder stance on it. I always do. But I just, I don't, I, I guess I do believe in love. Yeah, because you're currently in love. I'm in love. But I do agree with Mary that it kind of, it, it's, so, it's sold incorrectly to us. Yeah. I, I mean, I believe in love as well. Um, I just think, again, like, like what you just said, it's sold incorrectly to us. Mm-hmm. And also I think that the way, you know, our culture looks at love is like, if it's not the big one, it's not worth it. And like, you know, not for everyone, lots of people have very lovely long relationships with children and grow old together. But also lots of people are good at being in love when they're 20, in their 20s. And some people don't make the transition to their thirties or their forties as the same people. You know, I don't feel like the same person I was five years ago. Mm-mm. And I think it's unreasonable to look at relationships. And when those re- two people grow in different ways, be like, Oh, that's a failed relationship because mm-hmm. they don't think it is, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. All right. All right. Well, let's get Jen in. Hi. Hi, Hello. Jen. Wow. What is love? <laughs> Jen, what is love? Is um, that the baby don't hurt me? No more. <laughs> yeah, which one you were saying? Well, I'm surprised because it was very clear. Um, what about love on top? Mm. No, I'm saying it what is, is you. love? You're saying... Okay. I was doing Beyonce. Yeah. Um, Jen. Yes. What is love? What is love just a back and forth of making each other feel good and then having sex with them? That's what I think. <laughs> well, maybe for you it is. Um, okay, okay. I think that you've done a good job 
Mary, I mean, if you want a job, you know, you didn't, <laughs> I was very impressed. Um, I mean, <clears throat> you were touching on how there's kind of a macro concept of love, which is defined by society. And until very recently, that has been very heterosexual, monogamous portrayal of love. And that's how a lot of times we learn that that's what love looks like. And there's, you know, I really like that there's the campaign coming out, you know, love is love. And it, it, the point is it can look like a lot of different things. Um, and then, you know, you have to drill down and think about the micro piece, which is our individual piece of love and what that means to us as an individual person. And that's going to just be very different. There's no answer. Mm. Um, <clears throat> you know, love is something that's obviously very complicated and it's a very, it can be a very intense emotion and it can look like so many different things. And so there is no right or wrong answer or in real, no definition as far as what love is. But like, how do you, like Jackie was talking about, like tell the difference between love and obsession or does it even matter? I mean, to well define it. Talk about infatuation. That's a short term situation mm-hmm. and infatuation can lead to love. Um, but it can also lead to nothing. And so that's sort of a, usually at the beginning of a relationship, that's that traditionally like tingly feeling, or you're really excited to see them and, you know, you want to be around them. You want, you want to do things with them. It's exciting because it's new. And there is a, an element of, you know, it, it feels really good. It feels good to be infatuated with somebody. And again, that could eventually lead to falling in love. Um, but often, oftentimes once that wears off, um, it does, it doesn't go any further. And when do we don't know? go ahead. No, go ahead. How do you know you're not this? I don't know. <laughs> how do you know it is love? Like, uh, like, how do you know you're not being duped by your own brain and feelings? I don't know. I guess I just mean like, when does it, when, like, when do you know this is love, not just like happy to be around this person and want to have sex with them? Right. And it, it, all we hear is like, you just have to feel it. Yeah. Or you'll yeah. know. Yeah. I'm like, what? Did I, did I miss it? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, or like, I remember this first guy that I was probably in love with. I, I, like, my friend was kept being like, you're, you are in love with him. And I was like, no, I'm not. Like, I, I don't know what that is. I don't know what this is. But like, did I always want to talk to him? Yes. Did I stay up to like 3 a.m.? Like, well, it's messaging him. Yes. Like, did we have sex? Yes. So I'm like, did that, was I in love with him? But I mean, I thought about him all the time. Like, does that count? I don't know. (laughs) Well, what's so important to you to know whether or not it's love or not? I mean, like, why, why do you have to define that? What's, because what are you worried about? I, well, just because I, I think I, I don't know. I don't know. I guess I'm like curious if I felt it before and also like, to know when it's happening to me. If like, I'm, if I'm hanging out with someone like, cause I, I'll find a million reasons why I shouldn't want like date, continue dating yeah. somebody. And so like, what if it's happening to me? I don't know that it is, I, but that's dumb. Well, it's not dumb. I mean, if that's the way you feel, that's yeah. the way you feel about it. Right. I mean, it sounds like there's some anxiety around it right. of, and I, that's what I'm trying to understand. I mean, right. So what if you think you love somebody and then in three months, three weeks, 
three years, you look back and say, actually, I didn't love them. What's the difference? I, yeah, I think in that case is like, I would just be like, I was such a fool. You know, I was a fool. A fool in love. Well, and I think that's another, that's another thing that we tell ourselves is that we, something's wrong with us if we have a feeling of love or a strong connection with somebody and that person doesn't return it. Right. Almost like it's a weakness or something. Right. Unrequited love. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And that, and it sucks. It definitely sucks. I mean, it's not a good feeling to have, (laughs) but you know, it, it, I think a lot of times we internalize that into like a massive judgment on ourselves of like, you know, you hear all the time, like, how could I have been so stupid? And, oh, you know, I should have seen that coming. But like, I mean, whatever, like you, you will also hit a point where you, if you don't let anything happen, you'll never experience anything. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's kind of like a, a willingness to explore what love means to you and what love feels like to you is the way that you're going to understand what that is. Yeah. I think because there's a real severe fear of intimacy. So like I almost like don't even allow it to go further because I don't, I do not want to get hurt, you know, or I do not, or I don't want to get stuck in this. So like there could be like, I could be like on the brink a lot, but I explore. To me, the question would be, what are, what's the fear, right? Mm -hmm. What's the fear of the intimacy? What's, what bad is going to happen? Right. And what is it that makes you feel like you would ever be stuck in something that, and I say that rhetorically, I'm not asking for an answer, but to me, that's less about love and more about uncertainty. Right. Yeah. Also, um, I, I mean, I've definitely had similar feelings where, um, I've had severe anxiety in relationships I've been in and the same idea about being in love. And I still struggle with those feelings a lot, but, um, I disclaimer do a lot of mushrooms, but I do think, I do think there's something really important about like approaching love more from the feeling of like, ultimately you're a person that you are in your body and you're in your brain and you're only subjectively going to be feeling the emotions that you feel. And even in relationships with another person, to a certain extent, you are a brain in a body. So mm-hmm. you, sh- I've been trying to approach love and I'm not always good about this hundred percent in the relationships I've been in, but instead of making it an ego thing or like, do they love me? Do they reciprocate the feelings I am feeling and the fear about them not feeling the same way? And yeah. then you feel like a fool for feeling more than the other person is just kind of like taking a step back and being like, it is good that my heart can feel the emotions of love. And it's good that I found someone that I can feel these emotions with and that I feel this way about the person. And that ultimately you have to make peace with like, and again, I'm not always the best person with this, right? but just working towards like making peace with the idea of like, if you love someone and they don't return that love, ultimately at the end of the day, all you lost was nothing because all you lost really was you sending out the feelings of love towards another person. And there's not enough love in the world as it is. That's exactly right. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. And I think kind of piggybacking off of that, we need to understand what makes us feel loved by really paying attention to the way that we feel when we're with somebody else or with another group of people. And everybody gets a feeling of love in different ways. So, you know, Mary may feel loved when somebody verbalizes and says, you know what, I really love you. I might feel loved when somebody does a little 
you know, a, a little something for me, like fixes something that has been broken for a long time, you know, something like that. Um, and so, and it's actually, it made me think of, um, I don't know if you've heard of like the love five love languages. Yeah. 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 And it's a fun, I mean, you know, I, I think there is truth to it for sure. It's not, I'm not selling it as like a massive clinical tool, but I do, I, I have had people who are in relationships and sort of figuring things out, take that little test because it is interesting to see what it is that does make you feel loved. What do you value in, in a relationship? Because, you know, I worked with somebody whose boyfriend would tell her all the time, you know, I love you. I love you. I love you. And she's like, I can't, if I hear it one more time, I'm, I'm going to go crazy. Mm. And for her, it was more about touch and about, you know, she's like, I feel best when we're just hanging out, watching a movie and he rubs my shoulder. Yeah. But he's constantly verbalizing. Right. So she loved him, but she wasn't, she wasn't, they weren't maximizing the relationship in that way because he wasn't, he wasn't speaking her language, you know? That makes sense because I don't, like if I'm talking about that guy who I was talking about who I AIM'd a lot, mm-hmm. um, is probably because he wasn't like, I was always nervous that he was not feeling the same way as me because he wasn't doing any of the things. And then he like immediately stopped dating me like four minutes after we became boyfriend and girlfriend. So Rude. <clears throat> I don't have a great track record for like what is good or what I can like, the other person can give me so I can like see what like love is from there to me, them to me. Does that make sense? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You have to know. And because again, sometimes in relationships, even if it is a loving relationship and you are in love or you love that person, sometimes you need to assert need of what, what you need from it to feel, Mm. to feel appreciated, to feel valued, to feel loved. And we're not always good at that. Um, and, and that kind of goes back to that like macro view of love that it should be constantly on cloud nine, that this person should be constantly doting on you or doing it in a certain prescribed way. Otherwise it's not love. And that's, that's just, you know, that's just inaccurate. Um, you know, people can be in love and show love in so many different ways. And then, you know, just kind of like with intimacy, there's different types of intimacy. And the, the, when you add sex to the mix, that's a sexual love. Um, but I would argue that when you take sex away from that same relationship, there are still components there that, that, re, that are intact for love. I, I don't think sex equals love is what I'm trying to say. Right. Yeah. But that's when I'm like, you got someone that you can just, like you get someone that you've, feel good about, they feel good about you, and then you can bone. So it's not like... Oh, yeah, yeah. you need both, for sure. Well, I'm just saying, like, never mind. That was supposed to be a joke, but it wasn't. <laughs> no. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> never mind. Um, just delete that from all of your brains. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do think it's important, and I think that's where a lot of, like, uh, dating nowadays gets so mixed up is because of the... Like, I think a lot of people, and specifically in our generation, like look at sexual love um, or even just being sexually intimate with someone as being something that's simultaneously separate from love completely, Mm -hmm. but then also inherent in 
love and long-term relationships. Like um, I had a good friend of mine who went through a really bumpy path in her marriage because she wasn't able uh, towards the end of her pregnancy, they weren't sleeping together anymore for medical reasons. And she was like, I'm just so nervous about it because like, oh, you know, what if he leaves me? Because I, and I'm like, if he leaves you because for three months, <laughs> you got to take a break. Uh, yeah, the door should him hit him on the way out. Yes. Like that's ridiculous. Oh, but I do think that that's. I mean, he didn't do that, but that was right. like her fear sure. in it. Because I think that people. But then simultaneously, so many people. Um, and not to judge, you know, at all. Um, but uh, the post-sexual liberation America, a lot of the dating landscape is you sleep on the first date. Mm-hmm. And if you don't, then you're not going to get a second date. And I think a lot of people, specifically women, look at sleeping on the first date as investing into a relationship. Mm. Like if I sleep with him now, then he'll want to go on a second date with me. So I mm. think that our culture really promotes separating sexual mm-hmm. intimacy I from so love, too. but then also that it's so important to maintaining love. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, it's it. We confound a lot. Um, what sex means. And again, you know, that's a lot of what society, there's that macro and micro piece where society definitely tells us one thing about sex. And then even when divided by gender, it tells you even more specifically about sex and what that means as related to your gender, as related to your relationship. And, um, you know, but then there are individual beliefs about what sex means, you know, and, and some people, obviously um, want want to save that type of relationship for someone that they feel that love for. And I, I do agree that now society is sort of shifting to like almost not valuing that or making somebody feel badly for ha- holding that value. Um, and part of me thinks it is kind of a backlash to the the real conservative sexual it's part of that sexual revolution. I think sometimes we swing really far one way to then eventually end up back towards the center. But I I think we are experiencing a lot of that right now. And I think it's hard to know how to navigate that. And, um, it can be very confusing. (laughs) Yeah. Um, one thing I wanted to ask you, Jen, so in terms of love and those feelings, um, is it, is it an actual f- feeling? Uh, do you know of love? Like, is it an actual physical feeling? You know, when you get angry, you know you're angry, and mm-hmm. you get, you know, you can sometimes and get, you release the chemicals. Exactly yeah. the chemicals. Like, is there a chemical? Do you know if there's a chemical? Yeah. Or is it more like a just like a, a kind of a dopamine or like a rush or like a high that you kind of get and you just keep kind of taking that love drug and quote? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, so, to say I that, agree, but I mean. It's actually funny um, that you say that because there is, I guess if I were to identify love as uh, what the biological component for love is, it's, um, it's a hormone, it's oxytocin. Mm. I don't know if you've heard of that. And I've actually become very fascinated with this hormone because um, it is kind of like the love hormone. And, and when that is going and flowing, you are feeling euphoric, you're feeling good, you're feeling attached, you're feeling safe, you're feeling all kinds of wonderful things. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, they've done a lot of studies on it and it's actually very important. Um, it's, an, it's an important hormone for the bonding process with mother and baby as well. Mm-hmm. So like breastfeeding can increase oxytocin. Um, 
in hospitals, when you have a baby, they're promoting like putting the baby bare chest on, on the mother and father's bare chest, because that we know that those physical acts also increase this oxytocin hormone. And that's the love hormone. Um, and so, yes, there is that it it does exist. Um, and so in short, that's what it is. I mean, it's a, it's, it's so fast. It's a very fascinating. Um, Are there drugs that can release that? I mean, not, yeah. Not I yeah. So I was, <laughs> Oh, it's Molly. <laughs> so, um, where I started to really, I, I learned about it of course in school, but where I really, doing started, Molly. what's that <laughs> from doing Molly, that's doing drugs and just drugs. experimenting. Yes. 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 Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, you, you learn about it just like, you know, you learn about stress hormones you learn about the various hormones that happen and, and neurotransmitters and things like that. And so I'd learned about it, but where I really became exposed to it was when I gave birth. Um, the, so they give you Pitocin to, to, to induce labor basically. Well, Pitocin is like oxytocin and you feel oh. <laughs> like happy. You feel really happy. And it's not, it's not a high, like, you know, you don't know what's going on or anything. You just, you feel good. And, um, so anyway, I just, I became kind of, uh, interested in it. And so then, you know, of course, then after childbirth and things, there are things you do to, to help the bonding process and like the helping the bonding process is really, you're, you're doing things to initiate the oxytocin release, um, so I just think it's pretty cool. That's really interesting. I will say the one thing I hate about people who are super cynical about love is that they're always like, oh, it's just a bunch of chemicals in your brain. It's that's not a I real say. thing. <laughs> but but that's everything. Everything right. you've yeah, ever yeah, yeah. experienced is the result of chemicals in well, your brain. Me getting mad at the drive over here was the result of fight or flight right, right. on the yes. freeway. Right. And and I think it's worth saying too that this that oxytocin, it isn't just when you're having a baby or when you're, when you are a baby, like they know that like hugging people, just the act of hugging another person will will increase that in your, in your brain. And it makes, that's why it feels good to get a hug. Um, when you orgasm and when you have sex, oxytocin is at play. And I love myself. It feels good. <laughs> ah, that's yeah, a cool. joke. I got that joke. Uh-huh. That one wasn't even really a joke, but I love myself <laughs> a lot. Of times. So she's giving herself a lot of oxy. Um, Lots of oxytocin for Rosie. (laughs) But yeah, so there are different things that trigger that same chemical. Right. And again, just like anything that's behavioral, when you feel that feeling, you pair it with whatever it is that you're doing Mm -hmm. and you want to do it more. So. Okay. Okay. So talking about chemicals, you know, people will be like, there's just a chemical bond between it. Like, it's just, I don't know. We just have a chemical connection. Like. Like, so do there have to be two mm. people that, okay. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Pheromones too. Yeah. Are you talking about pheromones? Yes. Like, like you're just attracted. And yeah. Like how come I can be attracted to someone, but then they don't be well, attracted. And like, yeah, when you find the match. I'm sure Jen can speak on it more, but I always found it fascinating. I took some psychology classes in college and I always found it fascinating the studies they did on women being attracted to the male scent depending on where they are in the, their cycle mm-hmm. or actually, no, it's uh, men are more attracted mm-hmm. to women mm-hmm. on their sweat. Oh. Um, depending if you're fertile and you sweat into a shirt and then a woman who's not in the fertile part of their cycle sweats into a shirt, you give both of those shirts to a group of men and they smell it, they will find the woman that's currently fertile to have the most attractive smell. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah. Cause they just want to put babies in you. Mm. 
Yeah. I mean, <laughs> so I, it must be a degree of attraction and therefore love, I think is definitely chemical oh, between two people. Okay. Yeah. So it's attraction. Maybe that, that's that, that chemical stuff. Well, and I think, I mean, we have to be careful to break it down for what it is. And okay. when, if there are scents going on that we're not aware that we're smelling and causing attraction, like that is a very evolutionary based, um, concept, I think. Mm -hmm. And it serves, it, it serves a very important purpose for reproduction and evolution. I don't know that we can take that and say that if my pheromones that I give off, that, that, that those are somehow attractive to certain people, therefore they're going to be attracted to me. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, how I, I don't know that we can take that and go okay. there with it. Isn't there some studies that are looking into the possibility that a degree of attraction is based off of, and I could be totally wrong about this, but I believe I was reading something that they're doing some studies into whether smell and interactions like that are, um, people are attracted to each other's smell to, in order to diversify genetic, um, like mm. to diversify the genetic code. So in other Duh. words, people who have dissimilar genetic codes are more likely to become sexually attracted to each other because instinctually we're trying to mix up for stronger offspring. Mm -hmm. I, I haven't read that, but it, that would make perfect sense to me. Um, you know, smell is a really powerful sense that we have and it, you know, can, it, it triggers a lot of memory. It triggers, you know, there's a lot of associations with smell. And so, um, whether we're aware of what we're smelling or not. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't, I don't doubt at all that it causes changes in the brain and, and different responses based on the way that we smell and the associations that we have with smell. Um, I also think with, if two people are in love and attracted to each other, maybe, maybe they are attracted to some kind of subconscious smell going on between. I don't, I don't know of anything that says that. Um, although, I would think something's going right. You know, I, I wouldn't suspect that there's like repulsion or something. Right. Um, so when, but when people say there's a chemical attraction, then is that just a thing people are saying? Um, I kind of get more of like figure of speech, but it could also be that, you know, there's that release of the oxytocin, you know, maybe when that happens, you're feeling that rush and that release and that, it, you know, that is, there is a chemical component to that in the brain and in the body. I think when people say it, um, that probably is what they're referring to. And they're probably more so as a figure of speech, meaning that there's just this sort of um, intangible attraction to the other person. But yeah, but it's something that like is really probably hard to describe. Like I, I do think like when I met Nick and like we, I think there there were different moments where for both of us where it clicked, but like, I do distinctly remember one moment, like a moment where I, I kind of had like heart eyes and like left with like feeling all like crazy. Um, and I mean, I couldn't tell you what exactly that was, you know, like right. things just, I think like things were clicking in a number of, of ways. So like mm -hmm. the wanted smell, to bone, wanted to bone conversation, like, yeah long-term wants just even on our second date like just talking about family and blah 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 and stuff like that so I'm sure that all plays into 
whatever and just happening. like being excited yeah like, so that's why I think maybe the chemical thing and like pheromones probably yeah. we probably were attracted to one another so I guess I know. Yeah. maybe that's the chemical yeah thing. and also when you click with someone really well it just feels magical because you're mm-hmm. just like, oh my God, it's because it's kind of like uh, when you really click with someone, whether in this case, it's like in a sexual or relationship context, but even just in a friendship, mm. it is kind of just mm-hmm. like you spend so many parts of your day talking to people you do not click <laughs> with, <laughs> you know, like, yes. and then when you finally find someone where it like you match up, you're just like, ah, oh, thank God. Yeah. Then I'm this like, maybe that's special. Just, yeah it's magic or you're like, ah, oh, just easy. I found somebody like, yay. I'm excited because I found somebody yeah. that I can talk to. Yeah. There's a lot firing when you're connecting with another human. There's a lot going on in the brain, which is causing a lot to go on in the body too. And again, you know, to Mary's point, it doesn't have to be sexual. It right. can be platonic. You know, when you're clicking with someone, you're, you are in this, um, you know, there's a, there's a feedback loop going on between you and another person. And when that feedback loop sucks, you feel it. Yeah. And you're like, you know, you're probably not going to be as interested. You're going to feel kind of probably maybe not a lot of emotion or boredom or whatever. So just as you feel when it's not good feedback, you feel when it's good feedback and that good feedback tends to, you know, create good feedback in the other person, you know, and it's that, and that loop goes and then the inertia sets in, in a good place. And, you know, you feel, you feel good to go. And that's why you like hanging out in a group of friends because it makes you feel good. Yeah. And then some of those guys got to want to put it in me. You know what I'm saying? That's all I ask. (laughs) Someone needs to put it. Um, Oh, what I was talking about before, I don't know if this is clicking to you, Jen, but a fantasy bond, an illusion of fusion in which feelings of fondness and attraction are replaced by the form of being in a relationship. So like I'm saying like when you're, I mean, it's maybe an unhealthy form of love. Mm -hmm. It's like a fantasy. It's like not real, essentially. Wait, say that again? Um, A fantasy bond. Okay. And how do you understand it? Don't read it. Just how do you understand it? I understood it as something I was talking about earlier when I was talking about how sometimes you can get into something when you're young or dumb or that's like toxic. And before you know it, you're like, whoops, yeah. why did I think that this was a good idea? And now I'm in it. Right. right. So I'm fucked. Um, that's the fantasy bond of like, you're kind of like building a foundation on unstable grounds. Yeah. It's not real. Right. It's like kind of in your imagination. I, I think, are you saying like, um, I've been in relationships like that, which were felt built where your fantasy about the other person is outside of what's really happening in the relationship. Yes. And in okay. the relationships I've had with that, um, and I grew up in a very like traditional household and also not a terribly like healthy one. So in my early relationships, I would have these relationships where I'd be with a man who was not necessarily like really concerned about me or my future or what I wanted out of life. It was seen more as like, he is the dominant person and I'm there to facilitate his life. Do you mean like that? Like a relationship where one partner feels like they're building their relationship off of a fantasy of what the other person is and putting that person first. 
Oh, thank you, Mary. That was very well said. <laughs> she can't listen to her little sister. <laughs> it was just words. Like it meant, it meant nothing to me. I um, thought like that they rhymed. I did like illusion and fusion. Illusion and fusion. I like that. But I didn't know fantasy bond was like a, a term that everybody knew about that I didn't know, but it's not. I mean, I've never heard of that. No, um, psychology Today has. <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm sure it means something to someone. And, but, and if it, well, and if it means building, you know, kind of having unrealistic expectations of a partner. Or, or the relationship. That you have more of a bond with somebody than you do. Yeah. I think that's sort of a perception issue. Um And, you know, I also think that it's worth saying that even though, so people can be in relationships that are quote unquote unhealthy or unhelpful, or that we might look at and say, wow, I can't believe they let themselves be treated that way and still feel love. And I just think that's worth saying because Mm. that again is just how love can look so different. And part of that, I'm not saying that people it's healthy to stay in that or, or whatever. I'm just pointing out that people can feel in love and be in a relationship that maybe most people would describe as unhealthy. And that is part of what we learn. You know, if we grow up not seeing, and I, I always talk about what we learn back to childhood, but if, yeah, but if we don't see, if, if that's what we see between our, I'll just say parents, mm-hmm that's what we learn is love, right? We, we, that's our model. That's the model that we set out with. Um, especially if, you know, this is where abuse and trauma complicates things because if we've been abused by somebody that loves us or is supposed to love us, that's what we look to. That's, and, and so when you look at it from that perspective, when people are in relationships that are abusive or, you know, maybe unhealthy or, or things that we can't imagine staying in, you have to remember that people identify love as many, many different things. And again, I'm not promoting to stay in that. And I'm not saying that, you know, that's what we're striving for, but it happens. And, and so mm-hmm. again, just recognizing and the, the whole fantasy thing made me think of that because a lot of times our reality is only our reality and, we don't learn how to see differently until we have a different experience. It's okay. our perception versus our reality. Right. In a way. Do you believe that you cannot truly be in love if you don't truly love yourself? Oh, good question. The RuPaul. Mm-hmm. Um, I get the sentiment of that. And I think I, I agree with the sentiment of it. I don't agree with it though, because I think I don't agree with it in, in practice, because just as I was saying, there are people who can have issues with understanding themselves, um, feeling worthy of anything else, but still for what they know love to be, that's what they're feeling. Okay. Mm-hmm. They call it love. You're saying they call it love. We might call it toxic or like obsession or like control or you know yeah I mean people stay in abusive situations all the time and there are times in that relationship where they're feeling love or they're feeling benefit from that relationship and so again yes you 
to, I think to best love others, it's best when you love yourself, but I don't think you have to love yourself to feel love. That makes sense. Or maybe like, um, the healthier your relationship is towards yourself, the healthier your relationships with others will be. Yes. I would agree with that. I would agree with that. I mean, Mary's just talking yeah, my language. Yeah, let you guys go. <laughs> All right. Yeah. I just keep thinking of Stella from Streetcar Named Desire and oh, Stanley. God. You know she loves oh, him, yeah. but Dang. it's not good for her, no. you know? So, okay, great. Am I an asshole for thinking love is a sham? Okay. Well, I kind of just like wrote that because also I just wanted to talk about this a lot. Like, I mean, you're right. not an asshole yeah, for thinking, yeah. but um, I mean... It's not a sham. It's a real feel. It's a feeling. <laughs> Love is a feeling, right? And it can look in different ways. Yeah. I'm an asshole for being like, I hate when we do this to myself. I'm an asshole <laughs> to myself. But I mean, because if I'm not, if I'm like, it does, it's not real, then like, it's, I'm not going to. Are you saying that you're an asshole for being cynical about love? Mm. Mm. Yeah. I don't know if you are though, because maybe one day you'll find someone who's just as cynical as you are, and then you'll have very <laughs> cynical babies. <laughs> yeah, and right. then the world always needs more cynics. Yeah, I, I don't know if that's true. I don't support that statement. <laughs> but I, yeah, I would. I would take a cynical person in love versus an annoying, yeah. oblivious, like, magical. Sure. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, I don't know, Mary. Do you think you're an asshole for thinking love is a sham or being cynical about it? No, I mean. Um, I, I don't, I feel, I feel like I have more things. I feel like more of an asshole about myself Definitely. than that, you know? So that yeah, was one of the ones where I'm just like, you know, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but also, you know, I think that, um, my feeling about love being a sham is like in general, uh, personality wise, I'm a very like pragmatic person. So I think, you know, the way I look at love is kind of the way I look at the rest of my life where, you know, I'll be banging someone for a while and they'll be like, <laughs> you, uh, if, I, if I'm entering in a relationship, I'm always kind of like, what's the point of entering into a long-term relationship unless it is legitimately going to be long-term. Right. And I don't think that necessarily makes me an asshole, you know, it just, um, yeah, you got to look at your life in the long-term, you know? Mm-hmm. I support that. I don't think you're, I don't think you're an asshole for thinking love is a sham because I think it's really complicated and I think people like make it out to be something that it's not. Yeah. I also love the phrase really quickly that we talked about unrequited love and how we talked about how I just had an idea of someone being in love with unrequited love. Oh. oh, just like being in love, but addicted not. to it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh. Which is just kind of a sad character. I mean, unrequited yeah. <laughs> love can be fun, though. You know, yeah, it yeah, is yeah. Fun. It's a chase. That's yeah. yeah. I mean, that's the way a lot of feel, people feel about, like you know, like for like for instance, me and Harry Styles. Right. <laughs> right. I love my relationship right. with Harry Styles. He doesn't love me back. Doesn't right. know me once he does. But same as me and Chris Hemsworth. <laughs> Honestly, all the Chris's. Yeah. <laughs> mm. There's a good crop of Chris's right now. Oh, yeah, solid crop of Chris's. Yeah. I don't think they're cute. Okay. Well, great. Thanks, Jen. God, you just really are always so good. And Mary, wow, what a team. I mean, what a team. (laughs) Mary, I mean, we should take our show on the road, Mary. (laughs) Cut us out. Yeah. This Um, is what mushrooms in college will do to you. uh, You get real. Yeah, I need need to do mushrooms. Okay, I've spread the love. I mean, I do think we, I agree that you you said earlier that we need more love in the world. We sure fucking do. Mm -hmm. We just had it a little bit more. Might be a better place. And I love you guys. And I love you, Jen, as my sister. I love you too. And the whole, I'm in love with you or I love you, but I'm not in love with, he's not into you is what I just <laughs> felt like that was hanging out there. So oh, that oh, is yeah, true. Yeah. That means he's just <laughs> not into you. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Oh yeah. Cause you can say things people can say. And don't mean it. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. People yeah. are liars. People lie. Yeah. People are liars. I hate it. Uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> okay, good. I think we did it. Mary, is there anything? So well, you can pl- plug Last Podcast if you want. Again. Okay, yeah. <laughs> if you'd like to hear um, more great shows, uh, lastpodcastnetwork.com is a place to go. And also, if you want to like see more of my life, I post a lot of pictures of my cat on my Instagram. <laughs> great. That's awesome. at Mary J. Bulge. Uh, on Instagram, only on Instagram, nothing else. Love it. Ooh, ooh, very I like that. Selective. Yeah, selective. Gotcha. And if you want to join us at Tin Can Harry's, we're gonna go <laughs> this weekend or something. Anyway, all right. Thanks, everyone. All right. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Am I an Asshole? The one about thinking love is a sham. Yeah, with Mary Kelly. Mm-hmm. Oh man, I guess you're not an asshole because sometimes it's confusing, isn't it? Uh-huh. But anyway, love is love. Love is love. Yeah, I was like, I didn't even think of that. Like, but it's so true. But also, what is love? I know. Love is what? Ugh. Anyway. Um <laughs> Thank you so much for listening <laughs> to our show. Thanks. And um, like us on iTunes and subscribe. I love if you can like us on iTunes. <laughs> mm, tired. <laughs> Gosh. Anyway, keep listening. We love you so much. Um, have a great day. Bye. Bye.